Brad, thank you so much. Your blessing to, to us here and your worship. I missed it. I can hear it, um, but I missed it being in here. So thank you for that. Thank you. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, start in verse 5. And uh, we're going to be in verse 5 through about 15. For those of you that don't know me, I'm, I'm not Kyle. <laughs> Um, Kyle uh, took some time uh, off to do some ministry planning, and so he's been gone this past week, and so he's just getting some rest and, and thankful for Kyle that um, he does that, and so we're praying and hoping that when he comes back, he'll be energized and ready to, to serve us again. So uh, bring prayer with him as he travels back, I think, uh, on Monday. And so we're going to continue on this series uh, with the Sermon on the Mount, and we're going to be looking at prayer and it's gonna. And the title is called the Rhythm of Prayer. And I don't know if you know this, but when runners have been running for an extended period of time, um, they tend to get into a rhythm, and they can keep going for for miles and miles. And what happens is their legs and their arms like have this rhythm that they start moving, and their breathing is controlled as well. And they just find this rhythm, and they just continue to run. And it's almost, it almost looks like they're not running when, when they do this. Now, you take me, for instance, an average person trying to run. Um, when we start to run, it, we look like we're all over the place. <laughs> At least I do. I don't know about you guys. Um, but I, I've, I've established that I've, I've been walking here the last couple of months. And just a couple of weeks ago, I've started to... To, to incorporate some running in there. And if you see me around town, don't laugh because, I'm like I said, I'm all over the place and my breathing's everywhere, my arms are this way and that way. And so when we start a running program or start a walking program, we tend to, we tend to make it a routine. We're trying to get it done. And then we, we get that first workout done and then we get that second workout done and we get in this routine of walking and running every day. And, and as we continue to walk and run every day, we might not find our rhythm that we're looking for because we're, we're, we're new to this or we, we don't know exactly what that rhythm looks like. And I think for, for a lot of us, including myself, I think prayer, a prayer life is, is more of a routine for us that we get in there and we, we, we just say, we've got it done it, it's done, it's a routine. And we kind of check it off for the day. And so today, what I want to talk about is I want us to talk about how we can engage and, ex and experience God in prayer, not as a routine, but as a rhythm. That we see prayer as a rhythm. And so you might be going like, well, Ricky, I don't know what that looks like. Well, God is going to, God is speaking to Jesus in, in, this, in this passage here and it's about the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to use the Lord's Prayer as a rhythm for our prayer and our life. And so if you would, if you have your Bibles open, if you would, just stand, and we're going to read God's Word, and then, and then we'll get started. Starting in verse 5, it says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That it is all the reward they will ever get. Verse 6. But when you pray, 
go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Verse 9, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, may your kingdom come soon, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. Verse 13, and do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. For you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Now, Lord, help us soak your word in today. Lord, help me speak what you want me to speak today, Lord. Lord, give me clarity that the words that I have to say today would be clear and easy to understand and that we can take your word, Lord, and use it in our life each and every day. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. And so I don't know if you, if you looked at the outline there. There's a lot of outlines there and, and uh, hopefully we'll get out of here before four o'clock. So you guys are listening. Good, good. And so the first point that I want to make is the expectation to pray. And if you see in verse 5, it says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in synagogues wherever, where everyone can see them. And I tell you the truth, that is the reward. That is all the reward they will ever get. And so what is prayer? And so prayer is simply Talking to God is all it is, is having a conversation with God each and every day. But we've got to remember that prayer is not this one-way street, it's a two-way street. Because some of you might be saying, well, God already hears us. He knows our prayers. He does. But when we talk to God, this is where we form that relationship with Him. Through our conversation with Him. How we get closer to God is talking to Him. Now, it says, it says there, he tells us not to be hypocrites who prayed in public. And what he was talking about was there were, there were men that would pray in public three times a day, and they would recite 18 prayers. And they would stop to pray each time these 18 prayers. Now, imagine this. You have these 18 prayers to say, and you're running errands, and you walk into the post office, and all of a sudden, you start reciting this prayer out loud. And you get done at the post office, and then say you got to go to the grocery store, you go to Thriftway, and then you're in line checking out, and all of a sudden, you're saying another prayer out loud. And God is saying, it's okay to say these prayers out loud. You can say them under your breath as well. But these men, what they would do is they would pray these prayers out loud all the time. And you see, Jesus wants us to pray in public, but he also wants us to pray in public. And I'm going to tell you this story because, because I can tell you this story. 
and it's and it's funny. But every Wednesday, before we we have our youth our youth worship, our youth praise team will go into one of the classrooms and we'll talk about the game plan. So we all know that we're online and how to do it. Other than today, that I didn't know that. But we'll go in this room and we'll talk all the logistics, how how the whole service is going to work. And everybody's talking, everybody's putting their own two cents in. And either Stephen or I will say, okay, who wants to pray? And then all of a sudden, when we say, who wants to pray, all the youth will just go. <laughs> and they don't want to make eye contact with anybody. They don't want to lift their head up. They're looking down at the ground. And they're afraid if they look up that somebody's going to go, you pray. And, and so we're sitting there. Stephen and I will sit there forever. And then now the joke has been, uh, Stephen and I would say, well, I already prayed twice today. And Stephen goes, well, I prayed three times a day, so I think I'm good. And just the other day, we had a student say, well, I prayed this morning, so I think I'm good too. <laughs> and so prayer is just having this conversation with God. And it's okay if we pray in public as well. Because you see, there has to be priority of prayer and there has to be purpose in prayer. Because when you pray, you have this intimacy time with God. And we talk to Him. And He talks back to us through circumstances and signs and wonders. And He delivers those signs to us ever so often as we pray with Him. I don't know about you guys, but if you're... If you're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anything like that, just a couple of weeks ago, Jennifer and, I, Jennifer and I were talking about something, about buying something. And all we were doing, we were just having this conversation about something that we were going to buy. And then all of a sudden, I opened up my Facebook, and there's a, there's a sponsorship for whatever we were talking about. And I said, Jennifer, you see that? She goes, I do. She said, they're listening to us. And I think God does the same thing with us. He gives us signs. Just like on Facebook on those sponsored ads, he gives us signs that he, he lets us know, hey, I hear you. I hear you. Because in 1 Peter 5, verse 7, it says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. In other versions, it says, cast all your anxiety and cares to God. He wants us to speak all our, all our worries and cares to him. So that he can speak back to us. That's what he wants us to do. The next point that I want to make is the encouragement in prayer. Encouragement in prayer. And it says, but when you go pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. You see, in this verse, he's, he's telling us to go to this room and shut the door and pray to our Father in secret. And I can remember this as a little boy. I can remember my mom praying every morning and every night. She would get on her knees and she would pray. And, and, and it, was a, it was a beautiful thing that she would do that. And I knew she was praying for me. She was praying for us. She was praying for everybody. And you know, every Tuesday morning, we have a prayer group that meets here. And every Tuesday morning, they pray for us as a staff. They pray for this church. They pray for anybody in the community that's sick or unhealthy or anything. They pray for our military. They pray for all these people. And they spend time in prayer. I don't know if you, ever, if you guys ever seen the movie War Room. There's a lady in the movie that she goes in her closet 
and she writes all her prayers on, on the wall, on a piece of paper, and she hangs them on the wall. And that's her, that's her prayer closet. And this is what I'm saying is, it's okay to have a prayer closet. It's okay to have a prayer group. Let me just say this. If I'm going down the road, I'm praying down the road. Now, don't close my eyes. That's unsafe. I don't close my eyes. But even when I take my morning walks, me and God have some good conversations. It's just me and him. And we have some great conversations. And what I'm saying is you can pray anywhere. Anywhere that you're at. Next point that I want to make is prayer is not a prescription. Prayer is not a prescription. You know, when, you, when you're sick, you go to the doctor, and you tell the doctor, doctor, this is what's wrong with me. And he, they listen to you, and as they're listening to you, they're taking notes, everything. And then when they're done, they're like, okay, this is what's wrong with you, and this is the prescription I'm going to give you so that you will be better. You see, prayer's not a prescription. Jesus reminded the disciples that our Father already knows what we need. And we don't even have to ask. He already knows what we need. As I was preparing for this sermon this week, I, I, I ran upon a story about a little girl. A little girl comes up to the altar, and she's on her knees, and she's, she's praying. And there's a prayer partner over here on the side. And as this little girl's praying, the prayer partner hears this little girl saying, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And she continues to say her alphabet over and over and over and over again. And the prayer partner comes over to the little girl, and, she's, and he says, Sweetie, she says, all I hear is you reciting your ABCs. And she goes, that's all I know is the ABCs. And she said, I'm hoping that God can put my ABCs and make them into words and make them into sentences. You see, that was heart. That was her heart. She was praying from the heart. All she knew was the ABCs, but God already knew what she needed before she even went up there. She knew what she needed, and that's what we need to do when we pray. God already knows what we need. We just have to have a conversation with him. The third point that I want to make is the explanation of how to pray. And, it's, and it says in verse 9, it says, pray like this. And we're going to get into the Lord's Prayer here in just a minute. But every, every Friday night, I'm, I have the opportunity, and I'm honored. I get to pray with our football team every night, every Friday night. And I get to be out there during pregame, and I get to minister to these, these, these football players and these coaches. And right before they go out, before the game starts, they'll be in the locker room, and Coach Fontenot will, We'll give the final instructions. And then after the final instructions, then I get in there and I get to pray. And I always start with the, just with the prayer, but we always end with the Lord's Prayer because, I don't know if you know this, but almost every team prays the Lord's Prayer because they're, they're asking for God to guide them to victory. And sometimes that's not always the case, but they know that God is going to have a hand in, in their game and wants them to guide them, keep them healthy, keep them safe, and all that good stuff. And so... The Lord's Prayer is a guide for us. That's how we're going to get into this rhythm of prayer. And so prayer is a direction. 
towards his, towards his attributes or his, his characters. And, it's, and it's a, it, prayer is a declaration. And that's how we build our relationship with the Lord, that he, would, that he would transform us in who he wants us to be. And so here in just a, here in just a couple seconds, we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of fill in the blanks to fill out here. And so I'm just going to read them and then I'm going to touch on them. And so the first one, and this is about his attributes and his characters is what we're looking at here. And look what it says in, in verse 9. It says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. And so we have a Father that's personal and we praise. You see, he's, he's our Father and we are his sons and daughters. And our Father, he knows our, he knows our name and we have this relationship with him. And see, in the English Standard Version, it says, hallowed be your name. And the word hallowed means to be set apart. It has something to do with, hallowed has to do with something or someone being different or set apart. And so we must come to God before with an attitude of reverence for, for God's Perfection, because in contrast, we're not perfect. We got to come to God for His wisdom because a lot of times we're foolish. We got to come to God for His power because we are powerless. We got to come to God because of His love because a lot of times we are selfish. You see, God's holiness is everything that sets him apart from us and the rest of creation. And so as you begin this prayer, maybe the first thing you do is you just sit there and you thank God. God, thank you for being awesome. God, thank you for being bold. God, thank you for being courageous. God, thank you for loving me. This God that has all these imperfections. And you just sit there and you talk to the Father over and over and over. The next part of it is he's king. He's powerful. Permission. Look what it says in verse 10. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, we let him know that he is king. And as we pray, we're not praying just for the future coming of Christ, but we're also spreading God's kingdom around the world to his servants. And therefore, as we pray to God, we are his servants. We ask God that, that he would give us, he would let us be faithful and obedient and let us be effective in living out his kingdom principles in our own lives. And as we live out his principles, that we're able to spread the kingdom through our actions and our words, that we would be able to do that. Look what it says in verse 11. He's the provider, provisional, pursue. And in verse 11 it says, Give us today the food we need. 
In other versions, it says, give us our daily bread. He gives us what we need daily. You know, at our house, at, at the Galvan house, we eat a lot of rice. We eat a lot of tortillas. We don't eat bread. But during, during the time of Jesus, bread was necessary to survive. But Jesus wanted his disciples to, to live in a state of, of constant dependence on God and his provision. And that's what we need to do. We need to rely on God daily so that we can pursue him constantly. And God is, God is going to give us what we need each day. We don't have to worry about tomorrow or the next day. All we have to worry about is today because God's going to take care of us today. Next part is forgiver. Positional pardon. Look what it says in verse 12. And forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. You know, if you have any, any type of debt, you have a creditor that you pay monthly, weekly, however, yearly. You pay your debt to those creditors. So our sin is in the hands of God. But you see, God sent his son Jesus to die for our sins. And you see, we're guilty of our sin, but God removes that sin because of what Jesus did on that cross for us. See, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And that's who he is. He relieves that debt from us. The next part is, he's a leader. He's purposeful. He's purity. And in James chapter 1, verse 13, James makes it very clear, and he says, and remember... When you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. You see, God only permits his people to go, go under temptation. But the idea is, do not let us fall into temptation, and do not abandon us to temptation. Let me, let, me, let me clear that up and how that works. We might say it this way. God, I'm one step away from being stupid. God, I need your help. I need your help with all the struggles that I'm going through each and every day. God, I need you to lead me in my life. And when I don't walk in step with you, I need you to be purposeful in my life. To show me how you want me to walk with you. And then when I learn how to walk with you, that I will be made pure and holy and I will be in step with you. That's what he's talking about. Because a lot of times, like I said, we're one step away from being stupid in this world. Last point that I'm going to make here is deliver, protectional, prevail. Look what it says in the second part, 
of 13. It says, but rescue us from the evil one. See, what we're doing is we're asking God to protect us each and every day because the enemy is out there trying to destroy us is what he's trying to do. And in John 10.10, it says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. You see, the enemy is preying on us each and every day. And we're asking that the Father to deliver us from that evil so that we can prevail over the enemy is what we're doing. And you see, we're asking God to watch our front side, our back side, our left side, our right side, our blind spots. Pretty much all around us, we're asking him to watch us, to protect us from the enemy so that we can walk in authority with Jesus the way he wants us to be. And so maybe your prayer might be like this. Lord, it's been a good day. I haven't cheated. I haven't lied. I haven't got angry. I hadn't said any cuss words. But here in a moment, Lord, I'm fixing to get out of bed. And I'm going to put my feet on the ground. And I need you to protect me. Because I can make a big old mess out of my day today. And so we want to pray to God according to his character as a generous father is what we want to do. We want to build our prayer life on this simple but profound petitions of the model prayer is what we want to do. And you see, we don't want prayer to be this routine. But we want to find a rhythm with the Father. And as we pray, this is what we want to do. We want to pray any way that we can. Maybe that's a group prayer. Maybe that's an individual prayer. Maybe that's a silent prayer. Maybe that's a shouting prayer. Maybe that's a walking prayer. Maybe it's a kneeling prayer. Maybe it's a groaning prayer. Maybe it's a constant prayer. But at the end of the day, all we want to do is we just want to pray to our Father. And all we want to do is have this simple conversation with Him. Because like I said earlier, He already knows what we need. And just like that little girl that was sitting there pouring her heart out with the ABCs, maybe that's what you got to do, is pour your, heart to, pour your heart out to God. Because He already knows what you need. And just talk to Him. And as you talk to him and you continue to talk to him, you're going to continue to grow with him. And as you continue to grow with him, your heart is going to grow with the Lord. And that's what prayer is. Because right now, in our time, we need a lot of prayer. And so would you do your part to pray? Not just for yourself, but for those around you. Let's pray. Father, you already know. 
what we need. Before I even ask, Lord, you know what we need, Lord. Lord, I pray that our, our prayer life would change. That we would be intentional to focus on you. That we would find time to speak to you each and every day. Not just in the morning, not just in the afternoon, not just at the dinner table. But that we would be intentional to speak to you. And Lord, as we speak to you, Lord, we would just pour our heart out to you. And as we pray to you, Lord, that you would just guide us in our life. Show us what you want us to be, Lord. Show us how we can grow your kingdom, Lord. That's what we want to do. And Lord, if it's we have to get on our knees to pray. We would do that, Lord. If we stand up, we would do that, Lord. If we have to shout to you, Lord, we could do that as well. But Lord, help us to focus on you in prayer. Because we know that you're a mighty God that can move mountains. And that's what we want to do. Bible to happen here. It's what we want to do, Lord. So as we pray, Lord, help us to do that. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand? Maybe today God is asking you to join this church. Or maybe God is, is leading you to start that relationship with the Lord. Or maybe you just need to come to the altar and spend some time with God. Maybe you haven't done that today. But you do what God is leading you to do this morning. Because as we sing this last song, Jesus paid it all. Jesus did pay it all for our sins. And so as, as, as the band sings, you do what God is telling you to do.
我的